This is Ground Control. Ground Control. This is Ground Control with Dina Eden. Stephen Porter. This is Ground Control with Sarah Atlas. Recorded at Groundwork Co-working Space in downtown New Bedford, Mass. Hi, I'm Sarah Athanas, and I'm here with another edition of Pushy Women. It's part of the Ground Control podcast. And today I'm here with Abby Wright, who's a BFA student, photography student at UMass Dartmouth. And she'll be installing her show, Vinegar, which is part of a group show called Self-Evident Truths, tomorrow. The opening will be at Groundwork next Thursday, next Thursday from 5 to 8, so it should be a fun party. And with us also is Lisa Chavon, who is Groundwork's intern this past semester, pushy woman in her own right. And Lisa will be asking Abby some questions um, along with me. So here we go. Abby, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me today. Welcome, Lisa. <laughs> Hi, how's it going? <laughs> um, so let's start with just a really basic for people that are listening and they don't know anything about your show or what's going on. Um, can you give us a little idea of what they can expect from the group show and then from your work uh, specifically? So the group show is my whole photography class that's graduating this year, so there's eight of us. And the title of our show is Self-Evident Truths because everyone's work kind of revolves around some truths that are self-relatable to them that they think that is present in society today. So there'll be eight of us. There's like a lot of different things that are topics brought up. Um, so there's some consumerism. Um, there's also a project about the relationships between the internet and like other technologies and people and the disconnect that that's causing. Um, there's a project that shows the inside of houses and how like people try and put a mask on to other society. And then my project is focused on from my personal experiences, how it is to relate as growing up as a female and the things that we're taught to like learn or be a certain way. So my project actually features me and then my three sisters. And they're all self-portraits, but I do use them as stand-ins. And it's kind of showing this these stereotypes and like bringing into conversation all these different ideas that were taught to be a certain way. Um, in my artist statement, I talk a lot about how I think growing up I was presented with all these contradictory messages and how I was told, like my parents were very supportive and my whole entire family is really supportive. They always told me I could be whatever I wanted to be, do whatever I wanted to do. So I grew up with that mindset of I can do whatever I want. I'm going to stand up for what I believe in. But at the same time, there was like certain other messages that I was hearing at the same time. Like if you have a lot to say, you're bossy or bitchy. Or if you like the, the thing that used to make me so mad and still does is the whole safety thing. Like, oh, you're, if you wear a ponytail, it's easier for someone to like grab you and pull you to the ground or the fact that don't walk alone at night. And the place I work at now, actually, we have a whole female wait staff. So 
at the end of the night, we're not allowed to bring trash out or recycling out into the alley by ourselves, which is, like, very nice, I guess. <laughs> like, I don't know. They want the male staff to do that. But, like, at the same time, that makes me mad. I'm like, why can't I just do this work? Like, I want to go home. Like, why do I need to do that? Mm-hmm. And, like, we have to all walk together to the car at night because it is downtown Bedford. But at the same time, like, that just annoys me so much. Like, I don't, I hate having the feeling that I can't just, like, walk alone at night or, like, do something like that. And I guess it also, like, focuses on messages of self-appearance, how we're taught to, like, look good, or all these messages that are said that we should be a certain way. So it kind of involves all of that, and I just try to touch upon it by use of self-portraits and then portraits of my sisters. And that actually got pretty interesting because when I first started my work, um, they were all self-portraits, and I was kind of a little lost in where I wanted to go. And... I was trying really hard to, like, make stuff, which is, like, never really good in art because then if you're trying too hard, it never works out. So then I kind of took a step back, and I was looking at what I wanted because I knew the message that I wanted because I felt really strongly about it. So I took a step back, and I started to take pictures like I would just normally take pictures. And so I started to include my one of my sister's. And then during crit, we started looking at them, and everyone was like, oh, you guys look so much alike. And I'm like, oh, but we're so different. Hmm. And so my sisters and I are all around the same age. One of my sisters is a year younger than me. My other sister is 16. And then my, I call her my sister. My friend lives in my family and has forever, so she's my age. So we're all around the same age. We all kind of look alike. So I started to try to play on that idea because it was interesting where you couldn't really, in all the pictures, because some of them, it's not direct portrait, like there's obscured things between, or barriers between the camera and the person, or there's fragments of it, the person. Um, I started to play with that so that you couldn't really tell which one of us it was, and I thought that that kind of worked um, with my body of work really well. Um, So I'm really curious about the title of your show where did you get the name vinegar from how does that align with your work um okay so it aligns with the work because i've always heard the phrase or well i knew the phrase or saying you catch more flies with honey than you do vinegar and i thought that like fit really well because you're told to be a certain you're supposed to be nice and you're not supposed to be mean or you're not supposed to be pushy you're supposed to be appealing or, like, pleasing. That's what you're taught. So I just thought shortening it down to vinegar would just made it, like, really well. Because then it's also kind of you're not really sure when you hear it what it's about. But then in my book, actually, that's the first page. It says you catch more flies with me than you do vinegar. And then the second page says it's more polite to be – or can I read it? Sorry. So then the second page says, it's more effective to be polite and flattering than it is to be hostile or demanding. So that thought that if you're demanding or if you have a lot to say, if you're pushy, then that's more appealing or that's more pleasing to someone. Do you think um, there's an implication that they're more directed towards women? Like there's more of an expectation of women to catch flies being honey than vinegar yeah I, I think so because if I don't I don't know how to like like the bees are like 
Do you do you mean like um like in general, like for girls? Yeah, yeah, like to me yeah. that feels like something that would be told to a little girl more, yeah. more than a little boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think that that's a thing that we're taught differently from such a young age because mm-hmm. for boys or for men, you don't really so that doesn't I don't think it's really like relevant. <laughs> Um, not because to be sweet. Yeah, you're not taught to be sweet. That's that's kind of seen as a downfall, fall or a flaw. If you're a man to be sweet or considerate, you're supposed to be like tough, I guess. So, yeah, I'd say that that phrase is definitely directed more towards females. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to back up a little bit to what you were saying before about this whole idea of safety and not wearing your hair in a ponytail, not taking the trash out at night. Um, that's That resonates to me because, <clears throat> excuse me, I've, I've engaged in a lot of quote-unquote risky behavior, I would say, in my life, uh, particularly when I was traveling. I lived in South America. I hitchhiked all over the place by myself, um, put a lot of trust in strangers, male strangers, um, not stupidly. I mean, I was checking my intuition, checking the situation, if it seemed good I would go with it if it didn't I would get away um, but a lot of people are very like almost like angry at me you know like just like and if you take this risky behavior then something bad happens you're asking for it you know because how stupid to be a female traveling by yourself in underdeveloped countries so I wanted to kind of just backtrack on that with you and see if that's kind of what you're thinking along the same lines because you know it's a yeah it's like it's a controversial topic and I think people a lot of people would say, well, you know, yeah, this is like, it's common sense and, you know, carry a can of mace with you and don't put your hair in a ponytail, don't wear revealing clothing to a party, you know, that sort of thing. But um, but there is this sort of like an underlying um, control that goes along with that. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I think it's super interesting because personally, like, I don't feel like, boys are taught the same thing, but I have had, I have had said that and been in an argument before where people have been like, well, boys can get mugged or like boys can get attacked, but it's like, yeah, but you're not like instilling this fear your entire life. Like, oh, you can't take the trash out. You can't walk alone at night. Mm. And that definitely makes me mad too, because I'm like, I'm just, I just want to do what I want to do. Like, why do you have to I don't know why does why do I have to feel unsafe doing something that someone else wouldn't feel unsafe doing, mm. and I think it's something that I don't know if it will ever change because I feel like that's been such instilled in society for such a long time where we are taught these things or like I don't know I just don't know if it will ever change but I do agree like I don't not do stuff because people tell me that like I have taken the trash out (laughs) so rebellious I know I need to get out of here but (laughs) no but I don't know um yeah I like I walk to my car like at night like I'm not really scared but it is interesting because my aunt did buy me and my sisters these things where you put them on your keys and then if someone is attacking you like pull it off and then it like makes this like loud noise to like try and like it's kind of like a rape whistle almost but it's like Mm -hmm. on your keys Mm -hmm. so like whenever people argue that like oh you I don't know 
like when feminism is brought into the argument it's like oh there's no need for that or something I'm like well until like my aunt doesn't have to buy me that so I can walk home at night like yeah we need it Mm. but yeah Mm. I definitely agree like I don't think that you should feel unsafe doing something that's your daily activity and I think it's so wrong for someone to say that you're asking for something to if you're just trying to do something that uh, say a male would have not have a problem doing mm-hmm. like traveling or yeah I think traveling is like really interesting because I haven't traveled by myself like anywhere outside of the country but like I could definitely see where that could be scary by yourself just because of the things that I'm told on a daily basis in my home mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah absolutely. yeah I definitely identify with that. Coming, I'm just coming September. I'm going to Africa by myself, and my parents are freaking out. My father is, no, you're naive. It's unsafe. You can't do that. Well, yeah, I know it's unsafe, but I mean, you, anybody else can do it. Why can't I? Just because I'm a blonde, blue-eyed girl doesn't mean I can't experience the world like everybody else can. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone's very nervous and like, okay, that's great, but, well, not great, but, um, I forget who wore this. Like time. It, yeah. they, they are worried about me, but they don't see that I am strong and I can handle myself. And that's the kind of thing that hurts me more. It's not so much that, oh, people are saying that you can't, like, I'm going to do them no matter what, but... Uh, it, it's the fact that they don't see that I have strength and I can take care of myself that affects me the most. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that way? Um, what What do you think bothers you the most about it? Yeah, no, I definitely feel the same way because also, like, relating to my project, um, when we were, like, going over stuff, like, it was brought up that I'm the oldest from my family and I am like, have always been the one that's, like, rebelled the most against my family. Mm-hmm. So, well, not my family, but just, like, fighting things like I definitely am a strong person I'm an individual like I've never let anyone tell me that can or can't do something and like it's good and bad because like I have I'm really strong-willed and very stubborn and like back to what you were saying about traveling like I actually do remember I went in high school I went with my school to Ireland and we were like supposed to stay with the group and I like ended up like walking like two miles away to like find my grandpa's house which was really cool and like I was like not just do that because I was like like in a different country too but like I I don't know I've always just like wanted to adventure and wanted to explore and find things for myself and I don't think I've ever let things stop me like there are definitely roadblocks or things you have to get over sometimes that are in place that I think because you're a female or things that you have to be more worried about or more cautious, but I don't think that would ever stop me from doing what I really want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually did too. Um, last summer, I started working on Block Island. And so when I went over there, I didn't know anyone. I was by myself. So I, I only had my bike too. So whenever I had to go or work home at worked at night late I'd have to ride my bike like two miles home in the dark and like that never bothered me out there though but yeah it was like the same thing like I've always wanted to find stuff for myself and I've always wanted to discover stuff and be a part of something different 
and just learn from new situations and new people. So I don't want anything to ever stop me from feeling that way. Yeah, that's, that's great, I think. And I also, I just want to, I feel compelled to, to interject that I'm not trying to downplay the seriousness of, of rape culture and the real risk and the, in the seriousness of traveling alone in countries where women are treated differently. But I, I do think that to exactly to your point, it's that, you know, is fear going to be a roadblock to us to go out and have like these full complete experiences? Um, so moving a little bit away from that, I want to talk to you more getting back to your show. Um, and I'm curious, so I, I was also an art major when I was in school, and I remember my senior show, um, it was pretty, I mean, one of the biggest learning experiences, I think, for me was just working with other artists, <laughs> like trying to coordinate the promotion of the show, the installation. Um, you have all these people with, like, such different ideas. So I'm curious to know, with eight people, you're all installing in the same place, same, same night, same opening. How, how has that process been so far? It's been really cool. I've really enjoyed the experience. Um, so all of our projects, even though they're so different, they kind of do relate to this whole thing. So, well, this whole concept, I want to say, um, The Self-Evidence Truth, which is a really cool name for the show, too, that one of our classmates thought of. Um, I think senior year, I've learned the most I've learned since my entire college education, I want to say, like, just my senior photo capstone class, like just working with so many people and going to crit every week and hearing feedback and like seeing what things are not working and hearing people vocalize like their thoughts, experience, opinions about certain things like helps you really grow and understand your own work so much more for like even having a reaction to their work is really cool. Um, I feel like I've learned most about that because I think too photography you have to work with so many ethical ethical thing problems. Um, there's so much that you can you can have such great ideas, but you have to address them appropriately, or it can be seen as exploitative or not what your the viewer is understanding in a way. So just like learning from other people in their work really has changed me and helped me develop my work so much more but for the show we all have worked really well um we were lucky enough that two of our classmates are graphic designers as well so that's why our posters for our show are so awesome yeah yeah they're really cool um so that was really cool obviously here we have so much space it worked out for eight people so that's going to be awesome but yeah coordinating everything like we just would sit down in the beginning class and like talk about everything and plan out what we needed to do and it's all worked out really well and I'm like really really excited for the show. Cool. Mm -hmm. so, anything you want to chime in or? Sure. Um, so I know when we were doing your blog post you talked about um, the photographer and artist that inspired you. Do you want to talk a little bit about her right now? Sure. Um, so Nan Golden is the artist that inspires me the most I have like a wide variety of artists that I really love, but I actually saw her work um, this month at or last month at the at MoMA in New York City, and the exhibit was so mind blowing, it was so awesome. Um, 
her work really speaks to me because in art there's so many crazy awesome crazy complicated artists that create these awesome bodies of work but her work is so interesting because it's her photographic diary of her life almost and so she photographed during the 80s but um everything was just so real and raw and like behind the scenes of her life and she got so close it was all her friends and she ended up like showing this huge like the AIDS epidemic was a really big part of her work and a few of her friends were addicted to drugs and she showed all this which was like kind of crazy because no one really did work like that and people actually criticize her saying that her work isn't like valid because it's so almost like a diary um because it's like these snapshots and but to me like I my personally I am that work speaks to me so much more because you can see everything it's a real emotion it's not forced it's not staged it's just a glimpse into someone's life and that's just so crazy and like moving to me Mm -hmm. yeah I remember seeing I saw some of her work and I still it was it was a uh, a group show and there were just a couple of her photographs and they they definitely of everything else in the show that's the only thing that I really remember like yeah. specifically it was so powerful so. it's really it's interesting too to see um the pe people's reactions to her work because especially people who don't have an art background because like some of the pictures can be perceived as really crude like mm -hmm. there's like naked people there's like yeah. people masturbating like yeah. there's like a lot of like crazy stuff in her pictures there's like drug use so like it's just like very interesting to like watch because um when I went there was a projection as well of her pictures mm. so it's kind of like a video and people were like what, what is going on I was like <laughs> so cool <laughs> just interesting yeah I mean it's I think in today's society it's really fascinating to see authenticity like that like we all know like those things that do shock people in photographs it's that's real it's happening all the time those things are real and you just don't see it and it's hidden from the world and I think that authenticity is really great to show whether it's you're against it for it whatever it's just it's fascinating and it's real Mm -hmm. I think that's great. Okay, so this is a question that actually I can pose this to both of you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so this has been a pretty interesting year politically for all of us, I would say. And I'm really curious, you know, I know what people are, are talking about and saying in my circles, but I'm curious to know the university student perspective and especially two young women and somebody whose work is is really focused on the female experience. Um, how how has your thinking or your work been affected by political circumstances? Um, I know as a student, just in my college, the College of Visual and Performing Arts, when the current election like has had a really big toll on like everyone, everyone was really upset in that building when that happened. It was talked about a lot. Um, it was always a topic, but a conversation. Um, but yeah, I think it, a lot of people's work has been affected by it. Even in the show, there's another project, New America, in the show that talks about its interview with immigrants. And then there's actually an immigration project as well 
um, in the sh our show, and it's one of my one of the other students in my class, one of my um, peers. She took pictures of people who are all immigrants to America, and then she has interviews with them as well. But yeah, I think it definitely affected everyone's work, and it brought into conversation this whole other realm of why what we're doing is relevant and how to address these problems in a way where we can just talk about it and bring this into conversation because art is like the medium where you can discuss these problems or bring these problems to light a lot more because it's very emotion provoking I would mm -hmm. say and mm -hmm. so everyone I think has definitely worked that with that mm -hmm. and incorporated that in their work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a talking point. Um, so it, a huge thing for me is that, I mean, no matter how you feel about the administration right now, it has done something that's, I think, pretty great and that it's motivated millennials to fight back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, there was like, I was one of those people that just kind of like looked over politics. It wasn't like a huge thing to me. I was younger. I didn't have the, when you're young, you don't really, it's not like a huge thing for you. You don't have to deal with the real world yet. Um, and then coming into my last year of college and all of this stuff that's happening, I've really been motivated by it and I want to fight back and I want to do what I believe, right? And it's really changed my work. Um, I, I'm an entrepreneurship major and I've always wanted to like start my own business or do something with that and now I'm more looking towards conservation work. How can I help the world? How can I help people? How can I help animals? How can I help the world itself? Um, and because I feel like we need that. It's a need for America and the entire world today um, because of <laughs> who we've elected politically. Um, and it's, it's hard to deal with like, I want to have an effect. I want to make a change. And I'm like, okay, how do I get into administration? How do I do this? Where can I go from here to make a bigger impact? Um, and I keep just trying to make small changes. I'll do little things here and there that can help. I'll get more people involved. And that's what I'm now trying to do. I'm trying to kind of like be an ambassador towards a better world. Um, and when I went to the Azores, it was funny, like, the main talking point of all of the locals was, how do you feel about Trump? <laughs> like, everyone would just ask us what we think. Are we a Trump supporter? And none of us were, but we're all, um, it was definitely something to be talked about. And the whole world is wondering what we're thinking, what we're doing. Um, it's not just us. Um, so I think the biggest thing from it was that it's just that it's motivating me to make a change because we definitely need it. Mm -hmm. I think as well that the election has like brought people are like oh well it takes a lot for things to go through it takes this but it also brings about this attitude that makes it okay or appropriate to treat people with disrespect because they are not the same as you or they are a, di um, a different person and I'm like actually interested like Lisa what you're, you would say because I think I'm lucky that where all my classes are, it's creative space. It's like a safe space for expression and to talk about that. But like, so I don't think personally, I from school, I haven't had anyone 
attack me saying like about my work saying that it's not justified or there's something wrong with it or saying anything mean or downplaying to me but I'm interested since you're in the business school if you've like had a different experience or people have treated you differently after that or if you've like seen anything crazy um it's it's really fascinating I feel like the location that we're in it the group of classmates that I have it is more liberal we are more um open-minded and I think that's just because of how we're geographically located and the people that live in this community um but there are people that are supportive of Trump and it is hard to figure out what to say and when to say it. I'm very, even though I want to make a change and I want to fight back, I'm a very unconfrontational person. Like I will, I will fight back and I will make a change for the things that I feel strongly about, but I'm not going to start a fight out of nowhere and I don't want to initiate that. Um, so I'm very careful about what I say a lot of the time. Um, I do say what I believe in, like I will tell someone they're wrong right out, but it, I won't, I will come out with a clear, conversated argument for it. I'm not going to just, you know, um, fight sometimes. Um, but um, it, it's interesting to see, though, like the, the administration supporters now that you see, they are the business majors that are trying to make a lot of money, and they're, they're the higher income. So you, you do see it, like you can kind of tell. Um, you have that, um, there's the persona. I guess, of these kind of people. And as a business, it's not so much different. Like, you still have entrepreneurship <laughs> majors. We're more of that small business community. We're more of that starting up, middle class. Um, we might want to grow huge, but the people that I know that I've worked with, they're all, like, local, trying to start something small. And a lot of them, actually, surprisingly, are trying to do something to benefit society, um, which is really great. Like, working when I was working with Startup Weekend and E4All, and it was a lot of benefiting society which is kind of new to that world like that it was more benefiting economy benefiting themselves profit 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 and I've seen a lot more recently of um, people focused ideas which is really great so I do see that openness and that creativity in the business major as well it is a little bit more, is it more watch your step the experience that I had at UMass Dartmouth is very supportive um, I haven't had any like real competition like even with the competitions I've competed in Startup Weekend and EFRAL it's collaborative um, everyone's working together and trying to help each other and I think that's basically the community that we live in um, I, I could go to a different school and it could be totally different I think it's just the area that we're in is really great um, for the people like us who have the same views I feel like a lot of those people live in this area um, there are some more eggshells that you have to walk on as a business major, but it's not, it's still very open in this area. Mm. Yeah, I, I would, I would add to that, that I think that in the entrepreneur community are seeing that like the American dream as it was sold to us in the eighties and early nineties is not there anymore. It's not possible. So um, entrepreneurship is like an answer to that. And, you know, I've, having started off as an art major and then then you know backpacking and you know sort of doing that whole idealistic thing in, in South America and then coming home to start a business it was really like I, I realized and I, I fully believe that the greatest potential to make change right now is in the business sector and if that 
part of our society doesn't change, then we're screwed. <laughs> it really has to change. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to pose this question to both of you, and it's a question that I ask every time I do the pushy woman um, segment of our podcast. And that question is, do you consider yourself a pushy woman? And um, I'll give a little background on it. The, the whole idea around this podcast and around calling it Pushy Woman came from a member who, who implied, meaning well, great guy, very, you know, didn't mean to be negative in any way, but he implied that I was a pushy woman and some of the other people at Groundwork were pushy. And sort of like the implication there was that like, just by virtue of running a business or like being out in the community or getting shit done, that somehow implies that you're pushy and that there needs to be like an adjective there. But I'm always curious to hear um, how different women take that phrase and how you think of yourself if, if you are a pushy woman or not. Yeah, I definitely think that I am. Um, so I talked about earlier like how different my sisters and I are. So my sister is always the pushover. Mm. And I was always the one that's like, no, like, this is how I want to do it. I want to get it done. Like, I always was very determined. So, and I think that's the thing where people think that girls are pushy or they're bitchy because they have a voice or they have an opinion or something needs to get done so they're going to make sure it gets done and that's where I think there's a fault in that adjective because just because you're being productive or you're demanding respect doesn't mean you're pushy mm-hmm. and that's where I've had a lot of that same experience um like my I'm would always be someone that would be there for someone who needed help but like my friends were always like yeah you demand respect from people (laughs) like Mm -hmm. you want respect and I'm like yeah because I know what I can do I know what I can get done and I'm not gonna let someone walk all over me just and that's the same thing like I'm sure the guy who said that wouldn't consider himself pushy man but he said that to you Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah I think that I definitely consider myself pushy stubborn just trying to yeah, but I, or like just trying to express how I feel and not wanting to apologize for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think that, that with the adjective that we're talking about, pushy, like I think you really have to embrace it. I, I if they're gonna use it negatively, then let's make it a positive, right? So yeah, I'm pushy woman. I've been told since birth that I was always the bossy person. Not being bossy, you're being bossy. Um, <laughs> But also, I'm very laid back, so it really comes to, there's, there's a line for me, like, I don't want, like I said, I wasn't very confrontational, but it, you bring me to a point, and I'm going to be, and I will win. <laughs> um, so, I, yeah, I'm a pushy woman. I have competed against, or worked with groups of men where I've been the leader, I, and it's just the way that you have to, like, it's not necessarily... I don't know. I'm just a person, <laughs> right? Yeah. So yeah. I, I am doing the best I can and I am working hard and I shouldn't be compared or to, I shouldn't have to compare myself and say, Oh, I was a leader in a group of men. I, it, it's hard to talk about something like that because I don't really get it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm a person who can hold herself together. I can, make things happen, I can speak for, speak up for myself, speak up for other people, um, and I want to make a difference in this world, and I will, and, um, 
no one's gonna stop me and I am pushy. <laughs> I think too um the confrontational comment is really interesting that you're saying because I feel like a lot of people have problems with people who are confrontational mm. which I've ex- definitely experienced that like people would be like you're so confrontational or you're so blunt or you're people have problem with that but then they'll in other ways go beat around the bush and like passive aggressively address the like the situation or like use technology like a text or like phone call instead of just saying speaking up exactly and I feel like I've like dealt with that where people are put off or don't like it because I'll just say like well yeah I don't really like how you're doing this and like the, I just think the confrontational comments like interesting because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have a problem with that mm-hmm. and I've experienced yeah. that <laughs> yeah definitely. yeah yeah, I saw, I don't, maybe you saw this on Facebook too fairly recently. It was like an article of all these different phrases that women use to kind of like soften confrontational things. Like if you're in a meeting, you might say like, well, this is just an idea, but, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't be apologetic. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so that's my new thing. I'm trying to acknowledge, recognize when I do that, which is yeah. a lot. Yeah. Because I just feel compelled to mm-hmm. do that if I'm like, Forgive me for having an opinion. Exactly. Here it comes. <laughs> Get ready. Yeah, and confrontation isn't bad. No. Definitely no, not. Yeah. No. no. I just get stressed with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It can be stressful. Um, yeah, so we are all pushy. <laughs> the world can just accept it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Abby, I had one last question for you. I want to know what your plans are with your photography. Where do you want to go from here? Um, are you going to keep pursuing it, or what are your plans? Yeah, definitely. Um, photography, well, I also do other forms of art, obviously, but photography is just, like, my way of expressing how I see everything. So, like, I got a camera when I was a freshman in high school. Like, I saved my money, and I bought it. And ever since then, I've just been photographing, like, all the time. And I don't think I'm ever going to stop. Like, that's how I express myself and that's how I show what I'm seeing so I am gonna continue to photograph um so I'm working on Block Island this summer and I want to produce a ton of images and then in the fall I'm gonna be working for a dance competition that I've worked for in the past on the weekends and I'm just doing the photography for them but like photography is I will never stop taking pictures just yes. who I am. Yeah, it's how I express it myself, and I think that's really important to like find a way to express what you're seeing and address the problems that you're dealing with. So that's how I'm gonna continue to do that. Mm-hmm. Make sure to send me your work. <laughs> <laughs> do you have? Do you currently have a, a blog or social media accounts or anything that people can follow if they want to see your work? Yes, I have a website, so it's abigailwright.com, and Abigail is spelled a little different, so it's A-B-A-I-G-E-A-L, right, W-R-I-G-H-T.com. Cool. Yeah, so I'll continue to put work on there. Cool, we'll link that on our website as well. Okay. Um, great. Well, thank you so much, Abby and Lisa. Again, um, the show is installing on Thursday and the opening, or it will be up for a week. We're open from nine to five at Groundwork and then the opening party will be next Thursday, which is May 11th, May 11th at, um, five from five to 8 PM. So 
that means I have to edit this pretty fast. <laughs> so I'll do my best. Thanks, ladies. Thank, Thank you. you. Recorded at Groundwork Co-working Space in downtown New Bedford.